G'day folks, it's Steve Christensen here, the Executive Director of the National Ice Cream Retailers Association, and this is the NICRA podcast. It's the official podcast of the National Ice Cream Retailers Association, where we are all about ice cream people helping ice cream people. This episode, we are talking to Mr. Ruben Paraza. Now, tell me, Ruben, welcome for a start. Hi there. Mate, I have this thing where uh, I can't go into a Starbucks and ask for a grande. I've always got to say grande. And every time I kind of say your name, I feel the same way. I don't really feel that Paraza doesn't give the same oomph that Paraza does. Is that, do you find people are like that, or is that just me? Well, uh, I have to give you credit because you can say my last name. A lot of people uh, don't even know how to pronounce Paraza. Paraza or... Uh, or uh, or, or, or some other form of, of saying it, but uh, I like the way you roll the R's there. It's very good. Well, um, it's, it's a lifelong uh, <laughs> pursuit. Mate, um, so you uh, own and operate the Magic Fountain Union Creamery. Yes. Um, New Jersey, very excited. Uh, why don't you tell us a, a little bit of an elevator speech as to where you are and what you do business-wise? Well, uh, this place was originally called Magic Fountain, and uh, I added Union Creamery to it just to make myself uh, a little different. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a couple of other magic fountains, but we're not uh, related. Everybody owns their own shop. Uh, it's not a franchise or anything like that. Uh, so I added my own twist, Union Creamery, to it. It's uh, it's an indoor-outdoor shop that's uh, in Union, New Jersey. I'm in the town center. Mm-hmm. And we make just about everything that an ice cream shop can make, uh, from cakes, sandwiches, uh, I've added. Uh, uh, I've dabbled in the uh, the dipped pops, and uh, but we do frozen dog treats, which is very popular, mm. and do make my own Italian ices, uh, uh, along with uh, hard ice cream. Which uh, last year I peaked at about forty two different flavors. Very nice. Yeah. Wait, so so um, the 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 frozen dog treats. Do you make them yourself, or do you get them in? No, I make them myself. Oh, that's interesting. That's uh, that's always been a market that uh, a lot of people either buy something in or just give treats. Do you actually sell them or just give them away? I, I do sell them, but I also give them away. When uh, we have regular customers that come in, usually we do it on Wednesdays. We have Woof Wednesdays where I uh, <laughs> tell people to come in after 6 o'clock and bring your dog. We'll give them a free uh a uh, frozen biscuit made out of uh, yogurt, banana, peanut butter, and a little bit of uh, homemade. Uh, we have uh, we do our own honey. Not not myself, the former owner of the shop. Right. Yeah, he, uh, he makes his own honey from his from his home. So we I add that as an ingredient, which uh, people like because it's uh, uh, has to do with allergies and something where it's uh, local to the, yes. the area. It's it's. It works that way, so I, I use that, and it's it's very popular. Dogs go crazy for it, so I sell them by the pints as well. Mate, uh, I love Woof Wednesdays. That sounds <laughs> that sounds like a great day. Do you uh, is is there a lot? I mean, there's, uh, Americans are known for being uh, pet lovers. Is there a kind of a real uh, dog uh, and pet tradition where you are? A lot of people walking and so forth. Yes, there it, there's a, a large dog community in the area. I love dogs. I own a dog. And, uh, you know, there's, since I have a lot of outdoor seating, they can just stop by with the pet. They come in with the pet as long, you know, because most of the, uh, 99.9% of the pets that come in are friendly. 
Right. And all they want is their treat. You leave them, then they'll leave you alone. Uh, so we have outdoor seating where they'll go outside. They'll eat their ice cream. The pet is there with their little treat as well. Hey, that's awesome. You know, I head off to the UK every February for a trade show there and a few other things. And I'm amazed at how many actual sit-down restaurants are pet-friendly. And it's quite common to walk into an Irish pub or a, a restaurant and have someone sitting there with their golden retriever or their lab. Or it's a strange thing to kind of see. So, um, but, you know, I, I think that's a great way to be able to engage someone who typically would say, well, I can't go in there because I've got a dog or, uh, right. you know, they're not catering to my dogs, that kind of thing. Right. Uh, we um, do have rules when you come into the shop, you know. Is if the dog tends to be a little aggressive, they have to go outside. Right, right. Mate, tell me, um, so kind of going back to the process of you getting into the business, <clears throat> so when when did you, so you purchased the creamery, correct? Yes. And uh, when did that happen? In 2016, uh, uh, July was the official, July 1st was the official date. So tell me, what did you do before then and what kind of led up to the process of you buying the Magic Fountain? <laughs> well, uh, I was in the uh, IT business, data processing, for the last uh, 30 years before I bought the shop. And I, I worked uh, for financial institutes that uh, were in the Wall Street area. So I worked in, uh, I lived in New Jersey. I worked in uh, New York City. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I just happened to uh, come upon this place. So was it for sale? Yes, it was. It was, uh, that's a, a unique story itself because I, I had gotten laid off from uh, my 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 job right and uh i, I kind of took it hard and I, I i didn't know what i wanted to do so my wife said why don't you just take some time off so i bought a plane ticket and flew to europe <laughs> and uh I, I went to france germany uh the netherlands and uh my favorite place one of my favorite places was in belgium yeah. which gave me uh kind of the idea kind of set me on the path because I was, I was doing a little soul searching when I was out there. So every church that I passed, I went in and I prayed a little bit. And uh, when I got to Belgium, I didn't pass oh, these. They have these little waffle shops. They're like the Starbucks of of uh, uh, in Belgium, where right. they're, they're almost every corner you can see a, a, these little tiny Belgian waffle shops. And so uh, I had stopped at one, and, and for to purchase one is one euro. So after ten, after eating ten of them, I, I went to the girl. I said, "What are these made of?" And what? And she, so she explained it to me, and then she showed me the process because it's a little hole in the wall. And she invited me in, and she showed me what she does. A little this little ball of dough that she puts into a waffle machine with this pearl sugar. And uh, I, I guess you could say I had an epiphany where why don't I bring this to the United States? Why don't I bring this to my neighborhood? And so when I came back home, I told my wife about it. She says, well, why don't you go to uh, California and spend some time there in Silicon Valley and come back with a different idea? So uh, I-, I told her, no, this is, I think this is my calling here. And so we went, uh, she said, let's go for ice cream. And we went to another town to, to get some ice cream. And there was a huge long line. And uh, she said, you know, we have an ice cream shop in our town center. And I was like, oh, that's a great idea. Let's go. Let's go back. So we went back, and we parked the car in the parking lot, and there's a big sign that said, for sale. 
I said, <laughs> I said, uh, Donna, I said, my wife, Donna, I said, Donna, the headlights are pointing right at this sign. That's a sign. So we went inside. I asked uh, the owner there that who was uh, serving ice cream that night, and I talked to him, and the rest is history. Mate, there are, <laughs> there are, there are two things in that story that you just breezed over that I really feel need some attention. Yeah. First of which is every time something happens, your wife seems to want to get rid of you on a trip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether I don't know whether I heard of anybody's wife to say, "Why don't you just take another trip somewhere?" <laughs> Secondly, you went <laughs> you you went into the Belgian waffle shop <laughs> and you said, "After I ate ten, I I went to the counter." Yeah. How big are these waffles? You must have been rabid eating ten uh, of these waffles right well, I, I have a, I have a huge sweet tooth <laughs> so I'm in the right business I, I have a huge sweet tooth and and they were so del- and they, they, they were made so fresh they were so good and it was I went there in January so it's a, it's a bit chilly and eating a nice warm waffle with uh, some some of their hot chocolate it's, it's it's heaven mate I know exactly what you're talking about because I've been in that region and uh the um, they call them over here um, Liège waffles. Yes, with the with the pearl sugar in them. So, you know, full circle. Are you selling Liège waffles in your business? I have been uh, playing with it. I'm, I'm on and off with it because it hasn't hasn't caught on yet. People don't right. understand what a Liège is. Right. So I'm slowly incorporating it into my shop, and and more and more people are 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 are. Are coming to know what it is because a Belgian waffle to to people here in New Jersey is you go to a diner and it comes out as this round, fluffy right. pancake type of a, a waffle. But the Liège waffle is very dense, heavier. It's like a brioche, a brioche type of uh, yes. dough. And so um, I've been slowly bringing it in. I, I I do it and then I stop, and I bring it and I stop. So uh, you know. I'm going to try and push it now this year with uh, Wolf Wednesday and make a Waffle <laughs> Wednesday, something like that. Still <clears throat> Mate, tell me, um, I don't think we've spoken to anyone on the podcast yet that's actually purchased a business, um, the, an existing business. What was that process like? Well, um, before, uh, when when I spoke to the owner about doing, uh, about purchasing the business from him, I went on uh, a, a Facebook, and my township has a, uh, a, a closed group uh, page. So I, I went on there, and I took, a, I took a survey, and I asked him, What's, what do you think of the Magic Fountain in town as an ice cream shop? And it was just one comment after another, great place, old place, great family that run it. And so it was nothing but positive um, uh, uh, reviews about it. So that kind of made up my mind that this place has been here for over 30 years. And uh, the owner of the shop, uh, his name is Desi Gabriel, he, uh, he's he been in the ice cream business for 40 years. He started out as a dairy queen in another part of the state. And when uh, he came to Union, he, he turned this place from a gas station into a uh, an ice cream shop. And he opened uh, 35 years ago this coming April. So wow. he he, uh, this this area, they love their ice cream, and so I, uh, I I had to jump on this place and and I had to own it because it's a staple in town as as uh, the residents here call it. 
Now, sometimes when you talk to people who um, in this situation where they've built up their own business, they've created it from nothing or they've really turned something around and they feel as though there's a lot more value in it to perhaps what it was, I know that you know, generally the rule of thumb is around about maybe two or three times net profitability plus equipment. Um, was there some sort of – were you happy with the pricing model? Was there kind of some back and forth on that? Um, I, I think I got this place at a steal. It's on, okay. it's on a corner. It's at a, on a busy street. It has its own parking lot, and it has a, a, a large um, dining area inside as well as outside. Right. Uh, I can put almost as many people outside as, as, as it is inside. That's great. So, mate, have you always been – you said you had a sweet tooth. tooth. What, what's your first ice cream memory? What do you uh, recall very early on as uh, ice cream experiences as a kid? Uh, you know, you know that, that's a good question because uh, – I had just posted something on uh, on our Facebook page, the at Magic Fountain Union, where uh, I, I told I talked about my first memory of ice cream, which was uh, I grew up in the Bronx, so I don't know if you could tell by my accent. <laughs> A little. Well, actually, I don't have an accent. Everybody else does. <laughs> right. The. the uh, 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 during the summers, there used to be a, a truck that would come by, and uh, everybody knows uh, uh, it plays a tune, and it's called Mr. Softy. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this this gentleman used to come to our neighborhood, and all his kids. As soon as we heard that 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 chime, we'd all run in and 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 beg our parents for some money, and then we'd go out and he'd park always in the same spot, and all the kids would come around. It was about oh, close to fifteen of us. And, you know, we'd all get ice cream. And, and sometimes, uh, you know, growing up in the 70s is rough in New York City, so I always, always didn't have money. And one uh, warm night, he, he, he saw that I was the last one there, and I didn't have anything, and he just called me over and said, hey, you don't have money? I said, no. And he goes, gave me a free cone. Sure. And I thought that was the best thing in the world. And, and every now and then, he didn't do it all the time, but... Once in a while, when he saw me sitting there and everybody else had ice cream, he'd call me over and he'd give me one. Or and it wasn't just me; it was a couple of the other kids in the neighborhood too. That uh, when you didn't have money, he, I, I guess, because we were probably uh, last on his route. Yeah. So uh, he was just so generous, so nice, and that's my best memory of eating ice cream on a hot summer night with my friends because that guy was so nice to give me a cone uh, every now and then, and so I have a. Uh, uh, bring that into my shop too that's 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 a fabulous memory that's uh, that's awesome um so I, I guess you're incorporating that kind of uh ethos into your business you know the whole uh family community involvement kind of thing yes yes that's very important yeah mate what what is it that you absolutely love about being in the ice cream business uh there's there's not much that I don't like there because uh, everything else is, is it's new it's, and I'm overwhelmed with everything that's going on from making the ice cream to, to, to serving it to seeing the smiles on the people's faces when they come in. The kids are, are just great. Uh, I love hearing when they say, this is the best ice cream I've ever had. <laughs> They're like seven, eight years old. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's hilarious. But uh, you know, my favorite thing is when I, I take a moment and I step back and I see how 
packed the store is inside and outside and everybody is talking the phones are put down they're they're cup in hand cone in hand and they're conversing and if their phone is in their hand they're taking pictures of each other eating my ice cream yeah, yeah. and so it's 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 very different from where i used to sit behind a desk all day to now being in front of people all day long i was always sheltered working in in the corporate world yeah. and now i'm out in the open my face is is out for everybody to see and so i, I talk to so many different people and, uh, and and just being accepted from the community was was huge for for donna and me because uh this you know the gabrielli family has been here for over 30 years and now you got somebody new what's going to happen you know are they going to change everything in the shop and we pretty much kept everything the same i, I think that was the importance of of buying a, an existing store is is uh, uh keeping everything the same but adding my own twist and slowly bringing that in where uh they used to only make 18 flavors of ice cream and then i added my own flavor so i do desi uh taught me how to make ice cream his style and so once i learned from him and i got good at it it took it took me a year and a half to finally be comfortable right uh, this year after me uh before i opened because i'm seasonal uh i made a ton of ice cream and i was so comfortable doing it that uh, uh you know I, I, I just um I, I make ice cream faster now and i'm now coming up with different other ideas to to do this Mate, that's great. Um, one thing that I've often said to people, particularly those wanting to get into the business, is that you, the, the, generally the people who are most successful are the people who just absolutely love their business. Um, you, you can walk into a business, an ice cream shop, really any business, and you can just feel that the owners of that business are just fully engaged and they love their product and they love the opportunity to kind of you know give that product to the community and it sounds like you're uh you're right in the pocket there mate when you um when you're open in the height of the season how many uh, employees do you have um last year was our most we had 20 up mm -hmm. to 20 so i'm trying to do uh this year i'm trying to do more with less we we got uh about uh all of our 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 young adults came back uh they're, they're mostly high school they all come from the same high school <laughs> which is a bit of a challenge but right. the uh uh most of them all came back except for the ones that, that graduated and, and and went away to college um and so we're, we're right now we have uh thir 14 right 14. and and what are your biggest challenges there i mean i guess now that you've got a pretty um consistent crew that comes back um there's hopefully not a lot of retraining but what are some of the challenges you find with working with your employees uh consistency mm. so um i've the last couple of years i've focused on making the ice cream and uh getting it to to serve presentable and so it's uh the problem that i had was uh, that i didn't think of was uh consistency everybody is seems to be on a freestyle mentality so they're making it their own way so i'm trying to get everybody this year i've been uh, working with the girls and, and training with the team to um, make everything the same to look the same to be uh -huh. consistent and neat and 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 make it look appetizing and for the most part they've done it there's just uh 
sometimes one person will add a little more, one person will add a little less. And uh, so that that's my, my biggest obstacle. That and get yeah, yeah. people to work on weekends. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which is which is two things that most ice cream shops right. struggle with. Right. Mate, um, anyone that you've kind of apart from, and I guess you um, from what I'm hearing is that the gentleman that you bought it from is kind of your, your biggest mentor so far as um, someone in the industry. Anyone else that you've kind of, you know, looked towards or got inspiration from? Um. Well, I don't. I get inspiration from God, but uh, I don't really have any anyone else that's uh, sort of a, a mentor that I can just pick up the phone and call. But mm-hmm. I do have people that are amazing. The uh, my my dad used to own a butcher shop. He was a a butcher in the Bronx, and uh, growing up uh, as a teen, I'd be at his shop. So I kind of got the feel of what it's like to to own your own place and the pressures of it and the re- and the rewards. My father was well-loved, well-liked. Uh, mm-hmm. He was a funny guy. Everybody loved going into his shop, and they always looked for my dad for a few laughs. And I, I kind of uh, wanted to bring that. Uh, I kind of I have that in me already where uh, uh, I've never been uh, – I haven't been a people person in a long time. Again, being in the corporate world, you're, you're mostly behind a desk. So I had to uh, find that uh, in myself again and, and, and bring myself out there. Because I remember the first month I opened, it was uh, the 4th of July weekend too, which was a huge uh, uh, weekend for us. <laughs> and I was so overwhelmed with all the people that were coming in that I had to say hello to. And and and, and it's almost a, almost like a performance where uh, right. uh, you're, you're always smiling and you have to greet. And I didn't know how how to do it and you think it's easy but it's not and so um uh having that with uh thinking about my dad kind of inspires me and then i have people like uh i have uh uh, uh, one of my uh uh, vendors uh from dingman's uh, his name is jim he he's a a big help to me and he's kind of guided me with uh, making things, uh, how to make things with the the flavors that he has, and he'll bring over some free samples for me to try, which is uh, like uh, I couldn't ask for for anything more from this guy. He's 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 been a great help. And then there's the 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 the, the videos that that you do that I've watched. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I watch two or three times because uh, sometimes I, I'll I'll catch something on the next showing or in the next showing. And um, uh, who else? There's uh... mate. It's it's interesting. I was going to say it's interesting. You're not the first person to kind of say that one of your vendors is actually a, a great business resource. Um, and I think that that mentality yeah. is really changing. Where a lot of a lot of these people aren't salesmen anymore. They're actually almost like partners in your business. Right. Yes. Um, and I was when I went to the uh, last Nigra uh, convention. Uh, he was there, so it was uh, it was great seeing him. It was nice to have somebody that I knew was there. Yeah. It made me feel more comfortable being there because uh, I can be shy when I when, when when going to something like this when I'm alone. Because uh, again, that's out of my comfort zone. But mm. it was nice to have him there and uh, explain some things to me and kind of introduce me to other people that were there that he met. So again, if when you have a, a vendor like that, 
that can do more than just try to sell you their stuff. It's a win for you. Yeah, that's great. Hey, is your dad still around? No, no, he passed uh, a long time ago. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's interesting growing up in that retail environment that you know you took, even though the industries are quite different, but the principle of being the local whatever butcher shop, ice cream shop, bakery, you know, um, kind of continues to to kind of inspire you and many others. I think that's great, mate. Um, what? You haven't been kind of in the business a super long time. What do you think? Uh, have you got one marketing event or one particular, apart from Wolf Wednesdays, which I think is awesome? Um, any other marketing events or marketing activities that you really kind of felt worked very well? Uh, yeah, I think um, the first thing I did was uh, an ice cream contest. They had a street fair here. They closed uh, our, our main street here that I'm on. And. Uh, we had, I think that put us kind of on the map of, uh, yeah, the, the Magic Fountain Shop is, uh, the owners there, they're, they're pretty cool people. Uh, it's the first time that, that this shop has ever done that. Uh, the, the prior owners never had a, an ice cream uh, event like that. So um, that kind of uh, uh, perked people up saying, uh, oh, Magic Fountain's a little different, but it's mm. like, uh, the fun is, is, is there, is still there. And... Uh, um, that, that, that was big for us because we've done it for the past couple of years. And, uh, I noticed that when, uh, when I saw a video of you having it and, and you had done it as a, an elimination, uh, kind of contest where you ran it a couple of days. So I was interested in maybe trying to do that in the next year or two. Although it's hard to find time when you, when you're running a shop to try and do as much as you can. Right. Um, I, I also have the, the, the the team here that they um you know they uh, they help me market as well with instagram and uh and facebook and then they also uh at the high school they'll talk about us and so their their friends will come and family and you know i i, I uh, they love doing the videos that uh i've been uh doing after uh, i took after i took your course i wanted to do videos and so um We've done some funny videos where about the shop and, and about our ice cream and the events that we're doing, and I, I put it on YouTube, so we ha- kind of have a, a YouTube thing going. Yeah, <clears throat> that's good. I noticed that on your website that you've got a YouTube link, which is uh, which is pretty cool, um, mate. Uh, if you could do it all over again, uh, step back in time, would you do anything different? Yes, I think I would slow down and. Uh, and don't take things personal. Hmm. Uh, I know that when uh, <laughs> when when we were uh, when I was at your your, your scoop school course, uh, which I took in 2017, and and by the way, I, uh, I still keep in touch with a couple of people from there because I think ice cream people are the best. I mean, <laughs> I I love talking about ice cream, and one of the things that my wife loved about me going to the convention was that I was able to, she wasn't able to go with me, but uh, talking to her on the phone, she could hear my enthusiasm when I, when I called her up and tell her at the end of the day, oh yeah, I had a great day because I was able to talk about ice cream all day long <laughs> without holding their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, but, but going back to your, your question, when, um, when we were talking in your class and I said something about, uh, yeah, I got, bad reviews and I didn't like it and I'll respond 
you know, uh, I'll respond back. Not not so not so uh, terribly, but uh, I did sound a little annoyed, and and I think it's because I took it personal, being new and making my own my own ice cream. That I knew my stuff is good, and how dare someone say that it's bad? But don't take it personal. It's uh, yeah. again, it's uh, I learned I learned that a lot. I didn't learn it the hard way. I just I just learned that you know everybody's different. And they're gonna like it. They're not gonna like it. Don't take it personal. Don't even focus on the negative. Focus on the positive. Because if you yeah. allow the negative to consume you, you're gonna you're gonna be doing things wrong. You're not gonna be producing well, and you're gonna be you're gonna find yourself stuck and unhappy. Yeah, but oh, yeah. you can't please everyone all the time. Correct. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, when you're passionate about your product, it it, it is easy to be able to uh, become you know, overly uh, concerned or overly emotional when someone doesn't like it or someone says. And I think the anonymity of review-based marketing is a challenge, you know. It's, anyone can sit behind a laptop or a phone and just kind of spout off anything without kind of thinking consequence-wise. And it's something that you've got to be, uh, be on top of. Mate, um, what advice would you give to someone new coming into this business? It's just, uh, again, you know, uh, be a kid. You know, um, uh, keep a part of you uh, to be a kid because uh, you can't be too serious in this business. You have mm-hmm. to have that kid in you. You gotta have. You gotta understand that um, the majority of the people that come in here bring their kids, and so they want to see that smile. Customer service is huge. Um, and again, when I changed my outlook about not taking it personal, I see now reviews come in where. Uh, the most thing they say outside of it being great ice cream is that uh, the customer service is great there. We always get a, you always get a smile at my shop. And that's the thing that I, that I, that I try and, and, and instill in my team here that, that helps me run the shop because they're the huge, they're, they're the most important part of your shop is, is your team out there. That's, working for you i'm in the back i'm doing my thing in the back trying to make the ice creams and uh when when it gets really busy i'll go out i'm hands-on as well um but you gotta have uh you you gotta get your team to to give great customer service it's huge it'll bring people back mate one last question and it wasn't on the script here does your wife planned any other trips for you in the near future or are you, are you got any other trips planned uh to charleston uh, south carolina at the end of the year that's what we want to hear well, well done a very uh unscripted uh unbiased plug for the nicra convention ruben it's been a real pleasure talking with you i really feel you know the passion that you have for your business through you know everything that you kind of do and say may where do we find out more about uh the magic fountain um well it's the uh we have a website uh magicfountainunion.com or we're on facebook and instagram with uh at magic fountain union yeah you can find us there and and i just want to thank you too you've been uh very instrumental and uh not that i'm i'm trying to 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 butter you up or give you a plug or anything like that but after taking your scoop school course for um, management uh, I, I, I sort of uh, doubled my profits from the year before after taking your course because I I, I did a lot of thinking of, of a lot of things that you said and uh, the, the, the tools that you gave me which are the manuals and, and 
and stuff and such. And uh, I incorporated that into. Uh, I spent the winter uh, changing my uh, the way I ran things here, and and we uh, our profits doubled because of that. So I want to thank you very much. My my pleasure. It's uh, it's wonderful to spend some time with ice cream people that just, as I said, just love their product. Well, again, thank you, Ruben. Look, if you want to be uh, semi-famous like Ruben and many of the other interviewees on our podcast, drop us a line here, steve at nicra.org, and look for all information about the podcast, previous episodes, and all of the benefits that Nicra can give you as a potential or a current ice cream retailer. Go to nicra.org, N-I-C-R-A.org, or icecreamusa.org. Mate, been a pleasure talking with you. Thank you, Ruben. Thank you for the opportunity.